0: If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Psalms, uh, the 61st chapter of Psalm. Before we get there, let's have a word of prayer together. Father, we thank you for your word, God, because we know that it's life. We just ask you to have your way today, and we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about survival of the fittest, Would you say that with me? Survival of the fittest. You know, you remember, any of you remember doing physical education in school? Wave your hand if you remember it. How many of you were just so thrilled when it was time for PE class? You know, some of us couldn't wait to be there. I never forget, man, when they had us out there and we were running and we had to run the 600-yard dash. And it was around these backstops. You remember that? Survival of the fittest. And I got out there and I was a little bit more fit than most guys. I, I fit into a bigger pair of pants. I fit into a bigger shirt. And so we took off and when we took off running, I left all those skinny guys in my dust. I thought, you know, you ain't got nothing on me. Man, we took off and I was churning and going made around that first backstop and started slowing down. All of a sudden I saw all these skinny guys start passing me, made me want to reach out and grab one, you know. And uh, they started passing. And then it wasn't about them. It wasn't about the idea of beating them anymore. It became about the idea of surviving, survival of the fittest. I, I was ready to quit. I was ready to give. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this, but man, I felt like a knife was up underneath my rib and someone was twisting it. I was huffing and puffing and, you know, and I thought, oh man, and, I start, and, and then all of a sudden I heard all these guys start hollering at me. Come on, Rick, you can do it. You can do it. Don't give up. And I don't know where I found the strength to do it, But I continued to do it and I made that 600-yard dash. Time passed and I began to try and run a little each day until I got to a place where I could run four miles a day. And then something happened. My body wasn't keeping up with my mind any longer. And so, if I were to try and run four miles today, I'd have to run out, get in my car, and drive four miles, and then get out and start running again. What I'm saying is this, is that we're not in a competition with each other. We complement each other. We're here. Those guys passed me up. They left me. They finished long before I did, but they didn't forget me. They continued to call out to me and encourage me. Survival of the fittest. When you're fit, you understand that it's not all about you. You know, I, I thought about this survival of the fittest. and I, I thought about that, you know, there's, there's a principle in the Word of God that everything that happens in a natural world has a spiritual correlation to it. And so when you study survival, you find out that there are three things that are essential for survival. If you ever find yourself stranded or out, broken down someplace, there are three things that you need to look for immediately. And some of them you can wait on for just a little bit, but you're going to have to have these to survive for any length of time. One of them is shelter. Everybody say, I have to have a place, place. thank you, to get out of the elements. I've got to find a cover. I can't just be exposed to everything. I'm really happy. No, 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 you're fine. That's fine. She started to repeat, "What, what I'm doing? What, what, were you pausing for, Pastor? Because there's, a, I'm, I'm hoping that you're already picking up the spiritual correlation to this. I have to have a cover to survive. I can't be exposed to everything." I'm telling you, if you're living in a world right now, and you don't have Christ as your cover, you're being exposed to things that you, we, that you would never have dreamed you would have been exposed to before. That the world is a dark place, and you've got to find a shelter in the storm. So you've got to have a shelter. The second thing that you have to have in order to survive is water. Everybody say water. They say that a person can exist for three days without water. And then after that, your organs will begin to shut down. Three days. So you've got to find a source of water. And when you're looking for the source of water, you need to make sure that it's a good source. Oftentimes, people have gotten sources of water and you know these shows that have been on television for the last umpteen years on survival and alone and all these things where people are put out there and they're put out there and they have to survive one guy was drinking water and he was straining it through moss and i thought i wonder how safe that is man because i mean i've seen some stuff in moss And it wasn't long until he had to tap out because what had been in that water got in him, and it was beginning to be detrimental to his body. Parasites hang out. And some parasites you can't even see, right? With others you can. And so you have to have water to survive. When I was a kid, my parents would take us down here To visit our grandparents you know when I I was up I I was rich when I was young I had running water (laughs) up north you know I was 35 miles west of Chicago and all I had to do was turn on the tap and water ran out when I came down here to visit my grandparents the only running water we had was what we ran out to the well and got And so we had to get that water, and we all fought over it. We enjoyed going after water, and it's fun when you don't have to do that all the time, until one day dad decided it was time for us to take a bath, and it wasn't any fun anymore. Drawing one bucket of water is one thing, but drawing enough water to fill a wash tub full is something else, and so we had Water. You had to have a good source of it. My grandma McNeely's well had a cover on it, so it always tasted good. My grandma Sullivan's well had no cover. When I picked up the metal dipper to drink from that, there were little squigglies moving around in that water, and I used to clench my teeth to try and filter them out so I wasn't drinking them. I I went to draw water out there one day and looked down in the well, and there was a frog in the water. And I thought, I've been drinking this frog's bath water, man. It's just, you know, he's down there kicking around around splashing around and I'm drinking that water you want a good source of water somebody say give me some clean water, clean water. I, I don't want to drink water out of a mud pedal. give me some clean water the other thing that you have to have in order to survive anybody want to guess at it fire everybody say fire fire, fire does four things for you fire keeps predators away Fire warms you. Fire is a signal to let others know you're alive. And fire lights the darkness in your world. Everybody say fire. So now, if this is true, that everything that happens in the natural world has a spiritual correlation, I ought to be able to find that in Scripture, right? So let's take a look. Look with me in Psalm 61, starting with verse 1. This is David. Speak, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. Everybody say, He's my shelter. Listen to what David's saying. David is saying when I'm overwhelmed when i've gotten into a place where i can't take it anymore i need you to lead me to the rock get me to a place that i can stand firm and sure during a time of storm he is a shelter for me jesus would later teach in matthew and he said the wise man builds his house upon what the rock so that when the storms come that the house stands strong because it's built on the rock. You can't build your life on just anything. You can't build your life on the thrill of a drug or on the the sensation of, of, of an emotion. You've got to get a hold of something that's real, something that you can depend on during a time of storm. You need the rock. Everybody say the rock. I thought about shelters that we build on if you would throw that first one up from that old town some folks are looking for shelters but their shelters are all broken down and run down If man of a storm comes you're gonna get a leak through that roof everything's gonna start falling apart now hear me you can only do what you can do right are you with me I mean now that's better than nothing right But don't you want something better? Don't you want something that's not falling apart, that's not collapsing, that's not falling down? So we put all our hopes in this world, and this world is falling apart. The Bible said that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. This world is going to pass away. But Jesus made a statement one time, and he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are what? Many mansions. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. Give me give me that. Give me that. Give me that. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Man, just move over and let me in. I, you don't have to worry about laying out the bed for me. That's that's just fine enough right there. Do you understand that what Jesus is trying to tell us is what I've given my life for is not something cheap. It's not something that that, that that's broken down or run down. I have given my life so you could have life and have it more abundantly. I go away to prepare a place for you. And you know what you don't have to wait for that place you can experience that right now what do you mean you mean i can move into something like absolutely you know if you've got no peace and your mind's constantly running and you fear all the time and you're worked up in anxiety and you're taking pills to try and calm yourself down when god's hand touches you and his peace settles in over you, it feels like being in a mansion like that. All of a sudden, it's not not about brick and stone, but it's about peace. And it's about serenity in your heart to know that God is with you. And when God is with you, who, my friend, can be against you? He is a shelter in the time of storm. Everybody say, he's my shelter. We can't survive without water. So throw up water, if you would. But the question becomes is what kind of water are you going to get into? You know, I'd love to swim, but I don't think I want to jump in that. Why? It looks so blue. It looks so pretty. It does, but it also looks really turbulent. You can get into what they call whirlpools, that they don't hold you up, they suck you under. And the thing is, is that's beautiful. I mean, that is beautiful. And it's like, man, yeah, give me that water. But then what happens is the devil can take on the appearance of an angel and you find yourself getting lured away and all of a sudden falling into a trap and then it starts churning you and turning you and sucking you down and there's nothing you can do to get out of it unless you call on him Amen. everybody say i trust him now you can you can take that off and put it up the other so there's a woman that meets Jesus at a well and she's got a lot of turbulence going on in her life She showed up at noon. That's not really when you go draw water. You'd go in the morning before the heat comes up. But she goes at noon, and there's a reason she goes at noon. It's because she's tired of people pointing their fingers at her. She's tired of the whispers and all the innuendos. How about you? You ever get tired of it? All of a sudden finding out you're always at the receiving end of someone's comments. She showed up at noon, and Jesus had sent the disciples away knowing she was coming. We have a God that goes out of his way to minister to us. A God that will send away all the distractions so he can spend time alone with you. That's why sometimes, I never forget, man, I was in a service. It's been years ago, I was in a service, and the Spirit of God started moving, and my brother was in that service. And I saw God dealing with my brother, tears streaming down his face, and he was wiping his, man, it's hot in here, isn't it? And he kept trying to get me to talk to him during the service, and I refused to do it because I knew God was, was working on him and he got Daryl in a place where Daryl even though there were people all around him he got Daryl all alone by his presence and he apprehended Daryl's life that woman got alone with him and he looked at her and he said would you give me something to drink please he said, man, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. You don't have anything to do with us. I know how you feel about us. And he said, look, if you knew who it was that was talking to you, you'd be asking me for water. What do you, what do you mean, asking you for water? You don't even have anything to draw with, and that well's deep. Are you greater than our father Jacob that gave us this well? And he said, lady, if you drink from this well, you're going to thirst again. You're going to have to come back here and get more. But if you drink from the water that I'll give you, you'll never thirst again. Listen to what she said. Give me this water. (laughs) Listen to the rest, give me this water so I don't ever have to come back here. Have you ever found yourself in a place in your life and you thought, God, get me out of this place. I don't ever want to come back to this place again. I want to be free from it. God, please just get me out of here. She was tired of all the talk. She was tired of all the finger pointing. She was tired of all the innuendos. And she was thinking, if you could refresh me and get me out of here so I don't ever have to face this again, give me this water. And he said, go get your husband. Boy, that took the wind out of her sail go he said well I, I don't have a husband and he said well you spoke the truth he said because you've had five husbands and the guy you're living with right now you're not married to and that you spoke true now I want you to hear me he's not trying to condemn her he's trying to save her and the only way you can get saved is acknowledging you need to be saved there's so many things that are just accepted in society today that are just oh well there's nothing wrong with that if it was sin in scripture it's still sin now don't everybody get excited about that we we've got to quit trying to change god to fit our lifestyle and begin to allow god to change our lifestyle to fit his presence now watch what she does when he says, she says that, he said, do you, but do you get what he was saying? He said, go get your husband. What was he saying? He's saying, look, I know what you've been doing. I know what you've gone through. And I'm telling you, today can be the first day of the rest of your life. Go get your husband. Let's get everything worked out right here and let's get it straight. And she, when she, when he gets done with her, this woman is so taken back that she left that water pot she'd been carrying. She left that load she'd been dragging. She left behind that that that.
1: <laughs>
0: what is it you've been carrying? See, I've been waiting. I'm waiting for you to fill in the blank. <laughs> she was carrying a water pot, but what is it we carry? our disappointment our hurts our pain our disillusionment broken promises wishing that they said they would and then they didn't what is it that you're carrying you don't have to carry it any longer she left it there and she ran back into the town and did she have a story to tell? She went back in and she said, you've got to come and meet a man that told me everything I ever did. Said, this has got to be the cross. What was she doing? She was drawing uh, from that living water that he told her about. Uh, her life had been changed. Uh, her life had been transformed. Uh, and when your life is transformed, you can't help but share it. Uh, you can't help but tell somebody about it. And guess what happens when you start sharing it? Other people's lives start getting transformed those folks heard her story and went out to where he was and said I want you to come and stay with me when i got the people that knew me before i got saved knew something happened to me after i got saved they started asking me about it they said what happened to you and when i started telling them they said oh that's all right now that's i right. know no you 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 done ask And I don't want to be rude, so I'm fixing to tell you. (laughs) I'm going to let you know what happened to me. Paul let Agrippa know that ruler, that ruler looked at him and said, almost, you persuade me to be a Christian. When you drink from that kind of water, when you drink from living water, water that's alive, water that brings peace, water that will calm your spirit and satisfy your soul. You never want to drink from anything else again. Amen. Jesus saw them coming at the last day of the feast, and there was a ceremony that they did. It was kind of a ritual, and they would go, and they would draw water from the pool. And they would bring the water from that pool, and they would dance through the streets with it, taking it back to the temple. And it was symbolic of Isaiah, the 12th chapter, when he talked about, with joy will I draw from the waters of salvation. But Jesus knew that what they were doing was just a routine, and it was just a ritual. And he was thinking, look, that, that's all well and good, but it was pointing to me. How many of you have ever waited on a bus? How many of you have ever waited on a plane how many of you have ever waited at mcdonald's what did you do when the bus came the plane came and your food showed up (laughs) you you got on right you got up and you got on or you got left they were waiting for Je- All that was pointing to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, you're about to miss this. You're still doing that ritual. And I am in your presence. So he stood up that last day of the feast. And he cried out with a loud voice. And he said, whoever's thirsty, let him come to me. And he said, I will give him water to drink. And he says, it will, he, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, if living for God had been about coming into a church and sitting down on a pew, I would have never done it. There's rivers of living water. Well, what happened when you got saved? I got, I got transformed. I mean, I, I can't explain to you how excited that I am about God. I told Debbie, I said, Debbie and I have shared this several times. I said, man, I feel like I've lived like four lifetimes in each lifetime, there was a season. And, and we've shared this with one another. If, if I die today, I've had a wonderful life. I've had a marvelous time. And I am so thrilled to have passed through here. It was when I gave my life to God that things started happening. Somebody say, living water. Now, I, I, I'm talking about water that moves. Everybody say, water that moves. You know, and, and, and not not water that takes you under, but water that picks you up. Any of you ever been scuba diving before? What Did you enjoy it? Wasn't it wonderful? Debbie, they, they, they took Debbie and they, they had her way down as she was going down. They kept having to put weights on me. I kept bouncing back up on the surface of the water. What's going on? I'm very buoyant. And you're all thinking about something I don't intend. <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm filled with life. <laughs> And because of that that, that, that water couldn't hold me down. Get, that water kept pushing me back up to the top. There's something alive in this boy. There's something inside of him that just won't sink. You hear what I'm saying? When all of a sudden you give your heart to God, you're going to find out he changes you from the inside out. Then it starts in here and it transforms you. They started taking weights off of her and putting them on me. But I wanted, I, I, I wanted to stay in that environment because I, I discovered that there's life in that water. I saw things I'd never seen in person before. We saw sea serpents. Well, not sea serpents, What the, a sea snake. See snake barracudas and all that stuff floating down around there. And it was so, it was, I, I, you know, when, when you allow him to fill you with living water, you'll begin to see things you've never seen before. Amen. Everybody say, I've never seen it before. Now, I want you to understand that a human can only last for three days without water but hell only lasted three days with it. (laughs) What are you talking about? The Bible said, Jesus made this statement. He said, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale, so the Son of Man is going to enter the heart of the earth. And when living water went into the heart of the earth, the devil had to let go of the keys. <laughs> he couldn't hang on to it anymore. He couldn't hold him down. And he came back in Revelation declared, he said, I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He, what was he saying? He's saying, I got it. And then in Revelation, I believe it's the 13th chapter, he said, I, follow me. I'm going to lead you to living water. What's he saying? He's saying your life was meant to be lived, to experience life, to have joy. Not to be down and out all the time, but to have joy. How many of you have ever been dehydrated? Yes. Can I ask you what it did to you? Well, let me, let, it gave you a headache. Let me just, let me just. Becoming dehydrated does to us the same thing that it does to a grape or a, a plum, it sucks all the juice out of you and leaves you looking like an old prune. When all of a sudden we lose the joy of living, that, that living water, we, we allow the devil to dehydrate us. And the next thing we know, we're walking around judging everybody and, you know, looking inside of us, God, I just don't know what you, uh, you need to go to church with me. Are you kidding? Well, I, I don't want to go to church where everybody looks like a prune. I want to go where there's some life. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, I need some life. Now, here's the last thing that water does. I mean that water does. It's the last thing that you need in order to survive. Everybody say survival of the fittest. Fire. We needed shelter. We needed water. And what's the next thing? Fire. fire. You've got to have fire. Fire keeps predators away. Fire keeps you warm. It signals to others that you're alive and it lights up your world. Everybody say fire. Fire. Let's talk about it keeping predators away. Keep looking at that. Leviticus 6 and 13. Remember the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Say it with me. Don't let it go out. It go out. Do you remember what it was like when you first got saved? You remember how you felt? They asked me what I felt like. And I, I, I'd never been saved before, man. I didn't even been around church. And they said, what's it feel like? I said, man, it feels like I got springs in my feet. And I, I, I realized later that I was feeling fire. It was, just, it was just that real. And he said, now don't let the fire go out because if you let the fire go out, predators are going to come in. If you let the fire go out, you're going to get cold and indifferent with God. If you let the fire go out, you're going to lose your way, and you're not going to be able to signal anybody that he's alive and well. If you let the fire go out, you're not going to be able to light the way for others. You've got to keep the fire burning. Somebody say, keep it burning. It keeps predators away, Exodus 14, 23. Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots and charioteers, chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. When you open up your heart and let God in, That fire will begin to kindle, and you're going to find out that God fights on your behalf. That he keeps, when Goliath looked at David and said, come here, boy, I'm going to take you and feed you to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the earth. He said, am I a dog that they send a boy out here with a stick in his hand? David looked at him and smiled real big and said, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a shield, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, and this day he's going to deliver you into my hand. There was a fire in side of that young man that could not be put out don't let the fire go out you've got to keep it burning fire keeps predators away and fire keeps you warm everybody say warm up up. jeremiah 29 but if i say i'll never mention the lord or speak in his name his word burns in my heart like a fire it's like fire in my bones I'm worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. How many of you have ever done something for God and it seemed like nobody else really cared about it? How many of you have ever told somebody about God and they didn't want to hear what you had to say? How many of you have ever tried to encourage someone and they discouraged you? How many of you have ever had somebody talk about you behind your back? How about this one? How many of you have ever had somebody talk about you right in front of your face? How many of you have ever just felt like the devil was just heaping on and trying to smother the fire that's inside of you? He was just trying to shut you down. Jeremiah said, I've had it. I I can't do this anymore, man. Nobody wants to hear what I'm saying. They're not listening to me anyway, so I'm not going to say anything. And then something started happening. (laughs) You know, it's hard to get fire when your wood's wet. I remember years ago, I was outside and I was building a fire and it had rained the day before and I'd stoked that thing and and all I was getting was smoke. And I finally thought, man, this thing's never going to burn. And I walked away from there, and I went out the next day, and there wasn't nothing but ash left where that great big log was. What I didn't realize is there had been fire there all the time. It was just kind of shut up in the bones of that log. Jeremiah said, I can't take this anymore, man. It's like fire shut up. I got to tell it. I remember talking to someone one time. They said, well, I, I, I you know, don't talk to me about God. Don't, don't talk to me about God because I, I've, I've been so offended. I've been so hurt. And I looked at him. and I said, well, now, I don't want to offend you. But when you talk about being hurt, I said, they ripped the flesh off of his back. When you talk about being hurt, they beat his face with their fists until his face was so swollen you couldn't even recognize who he was. You talk to me about being hurt. They took him and ripped him open. They took spikes and put through his hands and his feet. No, I'm, I'm sorry, but I got to talk about him. I, I got to share it because after what he's done for me, it's like a fire that's shut up in my bones. Somebody say fire. It'll warm you up. Fire is a signal to let others know you're alive. Hebrews 1 and 7. And the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers. Who in here is a minister? Wave your hand if you're a minister. Hold your hand up if you're a minister. Okay, now I'm going to give you a quick Bible study. Are you ready? Every one of you in here is a minister. When he went to, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, you're going to be witnesses unto me. Everybody in here is called to be a witness. And when you witness, you minister. So let's try it again. How many of you in here are ministers? Hold your hand up. There we go. Now we got it. I'm not talking about somebody standing behind a pulpit, because if this is the only place this comes out of me, I got nothing at all. You know, when you've really got it in you, it's gonna come out wherever you're at. That's why when I was younger and I didn't have one of these to get behind, I took a bullhorn and strapped it to the back of my jeep and drove all through town and started preaching over that bullhorn. I got up that bullhorn and I set it on street corners. And well, Pastor, were there a bunch of people? No, it was just me and Jesus, but I knew somebody was hearing me somewhere. And I just kicked that on and started preaching. I never forget I was in Metropolitan. Minneapolis, Illinois one time preaching on the street and and nobody around. And all of a sudden I looked up and this guy come walking down. Man, looked like Jason. Come walking down the street where I was at and I thought, boy, here we go. (laughs) I walked out to meet him and when I got close enough, I could see big old tears streaming down his cheek. He'd heard way up the street and he came because he felt fire. (laughs) Fire lets folks know you're alive. Fire signals to others that he's, he's alive and he's well and, 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 and he can bring you hope and he can bring you out and he can rescue you. Everybody say, fire. fire. He makes his ministers a flame of fire. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 and 6, he said, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. What God, when God puts something in you, he does that for a reason. Man, I, 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 I don't know if you're going to understand what I'm going to say, but I remember when I felt it the first time. God had put something in me, and Debbie's mom and dad tricked me into getting up behind a pulpit and sharing and i told me i'm not a preacher and she said yeah i know i know just we just want you to you know give a testimony just share a word or something and i said okay I, I can do that but don't you know and i stepped in behind that pulpit and something happened all of a sudden i started feeling something well up inside of me it was like fire <laughs> It was like living water. It was like a fountain coming up. And, and man, all of it, I took off and I, I started preaching. And while I'm preaching, I literally in my head, I'm going, what is happening to me? What's going on? What, what, I, I mean, it was like God got a hold of me. And after that, I got addicted to Jesus. I'm telling you, man, I, I, I thought, man, I, I don't know how he did that, but here I am, God, do it again, do it again, do it again. I want the reality of God. I don't want a form and a fashion of God. I want the reality. The Bible said that there'll be those that have that form and fashion, but they deny the power thereof. Have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. If your God's not powerful, you're not serving the same God I am. Everybody say power. Power. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. How many of you know that sometimes you, you have to learn how to fan the fire? You ever, you ever go to build a fire? As a matter of fact, some I got a, I got a gift the other day. Somebody gave me a gift. Because I don't know if they'd seen me trying to build a fire before or not. But I, I would take logs, you know, and, and I'd be down there with these logs and be going <laughs> ash blowing up in my face. I thought, man. The other day, I, I got this gift I'd been given, and it, it was a metal and had a tube on it, a, a, like a handle, and it was hollow. And I was, I, I was trying to build that fire, and I went, I, I remembered that, and I went and got that, and I put my lips up against that, and it targeted where I needed the air to go. <sighs> and it went, and I thought, oh, I'm keeping this. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I thought to myself, how much air have I wasted? <laughs> how many times have we just talked and talked and talked and talked and still can't get anything going? But when you allow the Spirit of God to target your conversation, I, it'll start a fire every time. <laughs> when you allow the Spirit of God to get you where you need to be, it'll become a fire. Everybody say fire. fire. Signal fire. David has come home, and things aren't good at home. Ziklag is burned. His family's gone. Everybody's been kidnapped. And his own men have got rocks in their hands saying, we ought to just kill you. That'll get your wood wet. That'll take the flame out of you, huh? David sat down there, and I, I love this scripture because it says that David encouraged himself and the Lord is God. And I thought, how how do you do that? And then I, I recognized that the way you encourage yourself is you begin to think on the Word of God and the promise of God. And I can't help but think that David started remembering how that God had called him to be a king. How did he been anointed? And the devil was trying to keep him from the throne and trying to take everything away from him. And all of a sudden, David had had enough of it. David encouraged himself. Man, a fire started to well up inside of him. He jumped up from there and he said, you bring me that, that the, 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 somebody help me out here. Bring me the ephod, bring me. I, I'm going to inquire of God. And God told him to go after it. I want you to hear me it's God's word to us today go after what the devil has tried to steal from you go after what the devil ripped away from you and the bible said and David recovered all would you stand with me today if you're in this building today And you don't know him in these three ways. You haven't discovered that he's a shelter from the storm. You haven't found out that when you're thirsty, that he's living water. When you're cold and indifferent, he can be a fire that warms your heart. Now, I'm going to ask you to come today You've got to recognize this, is that no matter what you're facing, God's able to take care of it. I said God's able to take care of it. Now, here's the thing. If you've ex- How many of you have experienced him as a shelter? Wave your hand. How many of you have tasted that living water? Hold that hand up. How many of you felt that fire? Okay. Then when you walk out of here, you need to tell everybody about it. You need to let that fire be a signal to let folks know you're still alive. That I haven't died. I know the dead in Christ are going to rise first, but that's not what that's... He's saying, you, you need to be alive in Christ. As long as there's breath in our body, we need to let others know about him. How many of you know that God is a healer? Amen. And that he's able... You know, I, I talked one time and I talked about the healing power of God and that how that sometimes when it manifests, it It feels like fire. And I was sharing this with someone. And then the next thing I know, that person's healed. Because, not because of me, but because they felt the fire of God. How many of you ready for fire? For the fire of God to touch you, to ignite you? Now, Ms. Marilyn is, she didn't put this on for me to autograph. For surgery. She's supposed to. She's supposed to have surgery on Friday. Let's pray that God just operate on her, okay? Father, we thank you. God, we know that you are the great physician. God, we're just asking you, Father, Lord, to let all this be well. Lord, we know we thank you for doctors and all that they do. And, Father, we, we praise you for their ability. They got their knowledge from you. But, God, you can do what doctors can't do. So we're praying today, Father, that you just start to work right now. God, that they'll see where your hand has already been working. Let this healing, God, let this recovery be an extraordinary one. We give you praise for it now and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. God, I ask you for Gary today. I just pray your hand on him, God. and Lord, that you, Father, Lord, reignite fire in him. Let your spirit, Father, just well up inside of him. God, I pray that you hold him in your arms. Let him feel your tangible strength, your love. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Stretch your hands to heaven and love with we'll me right now. I'm going to ask, there's a young boy here that needs prayer. Would you come bring him up? Where are you? Are you here? You're going to get him, okay? Stretch your hands to heaven and love him. Come, everybody that is ready for some fire to burn in your life, just move on out of your pew. Just stretch. Just, just come up here in just a second.
1: What do you want God to do for you today? Huh? Is right. oh, can you feel it? Our God is speaking. It. Oh, can you, you can see, see it? it? He's got you oh just receive it receive the freedom oh can you feel it heaven is reaching
0: Southern. Well, hello, Southern. It's okay. Now, doctors have given them a bad report, but how many of you want to believe the report of the Lord with me right now? So, as you stretch your hands to heaven toward David, we're asking God to just touch him, restore him. Said so doctors are amazed. When they examine it, Father, I thank you for David right now. Come like
1: a like a. we believe in we're
0: believing God, that this boy is going to begin to talk so much that you're all going to be going, oh, man, God, just, I want right. to thank you for the Andrew, miracle, but stretch your hands to heaven with me. Amen. What do you need God to do today? Like a, blood, like like a like fire,
1: fire. fire, like a fire, Holy Spirit. Here it comes like a blow.
0: Now, the doctors have given Ray a report, and they told him he had something. And I said to Ray, I said, but you you have Jesus. And Ray said, that's exactly what I told the doctor, that I have Jesus. And what I love about Jesus is he does what doctors, and I thank God for doctors. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But when doctors have done all they can do, God steps in and does the rest. How many of you know that God can do it? That's right, Amen. God can do it. Now, Ray's still got a lot of work to do. Amen. He's still got, got, God's got his hand on him. And whenever you start to make an inroad in the devil's territory, he tries to throw something at you to make you stumble and fall. When When you make up your mind that you're not going to do that, and all of a sudden the devil don't know what to do with you anymore. But as long as he knows he can discourage you, he's going to keep throwing it at you. But when you declare, none of these things move me. I'm going to trust God. I'm believing God. Stretch your hands toward Him right now, Father. I... Come God. like God. a flood, like God. a
1: blood.
0: of negativity that surrounded your life i hear a lot of voices that spoke things over you that aren't true and yet you begin to believe some of those voices today all that breaks off of you right now am i telling you the truth I, okay stretch your hand now, i couldn't know that unless he told me i want you to stretch your hands to heaven God's getting ready to do it right now Come Come like
1: a, a, blood, blood, like like a, a fire. Fire. fire, Holy Spirit come, oh Holy Spirit
0: come. Can you love Him today? Stretch your hands to heaven and love Him. Turn around and look at your friend and say, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel a fire up in here. Let me let me leave this with you and I'm gonna let you go. Your life is, you know, somebody said that you know 20% of life is what happens to you, and 80% of it is how you respond to what happens to you. So today I'm praying for your mind. That you no longer allow the devil to have a foothold. That you rebuke those thoughts at the core and you don't give life to them. The way you give life to that stuff is by speaking it out. Don't give life to it. Don't, if, 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 if you're all bottled up in despair and, and you just got to feel like you got to tell somebody, go out in the woods and dig a hole and put your head down there. And just shout everything in that hole and then bury it because that's where it belongs. That's right. Bury. It. Don't let don't don't give it breath, don't give it air. Let God be God for you. So begin to speak those things that He has spoken about you. That I am the image of God. That I've been made in His likeness. That I'm more than a conqueror. I didn't say that about me he said that about me so I'm just repeating what the Lord said about me and when you begin to repeat that and declare that you're going to shake the devil up the devil tries to get a hold of your joy he'll do that by discouraging you so what you have to do is encourage yourself in the Lord everybody said I'm going to encourage myself nobody else wants to hear it I'm going to tell it anyway nobody else wants to, I'm going to shout it anyway. You know, if, if you don't want to hear what I got to say, bye. <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm not going to let negativity shut me down, and you can't let it shut you down either. Amen? Let's give him one more shout. Father, we thank you. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week.